uh, this is what I fucking love doing. It's like I don't have a job. I don't I don't ever get tired. I don't ever get sick of it. You know, sometimes you deal with like complicated people, but see, it goes back to that same thing, man. I um I went to private schools in in, in the states. I went to uh, University of Nebraska. My major was pre dentistry. I was destined to do that in your mouth. And, uh, you know, like two years into it, I'm fucking, you know, I just, I was was getting terrible grades in most of my classes. And (laughs) my dad is like, evidently you're not good at it. (laughs) So I got to think, I'm like, well, maybe this is not for me. So I I spoke to my mom. I told her I was going to leave that. And she said, yeah, go ahead, you know. And I asked her, well, aren't you disappointed or pissed off or anything? She said, no. She's a dentist. She's an orthodontist and uh, almost retired now. But at the time, you know, she was like 40-something, full swing. I'm like, so you're not disappointed? She's like, no, I love what I do. You got to find something you love. Is this the first time you had heard this or the first time you listened to it? Because that's a big moment in your life. You were probably the... Uh, it's freaking huge. Let's not dip into it too much. I'll get emotional. All right, man. Well, on that note, let's jump into your podcast. Fast forward is from Nebraska, which I have a good joke about later if you want to hear it. Oh, my so God. From Nebraska to Nosara. <laughs> we're recording this end of high season for 2022. Carlos Arai, you're back on the podcast. Happy to have you here. And I know things are crazy right now. Life's a little bit stressful. And I appreciate you coming in on Saturday morning. Thank you, Rich. I was going to go to the weight room, but uh, I came here instead. <laughs> so uh, fill us in. How, how are you feeling and what's going on in Osara? Yeah, well, you can feel the rain. We had one actually two weeks ago on a Saturday afternoon. And you can hear the chicharras in the mountain for about a month and a half now, which means rain is just around the corner. Everyone's real happy. Uh, some of the trees are starting to to show signs of recovery. Um but when the real rains come in, then the the dust settles on the roads, literally, and just Nasara just blooms. It gets all green, and at the peak of the rainy season, you feel you're in freaking Puerto Viejo or something. It's so green and so powerful. We're lucky you know? in that way. We we really are. the The thing for me is, by the end of the rainy season, I really want the dry season, and by the end of the dry season, I really want the rainy season. I li- I like the changes. I-, I appreciate kind of the the adjustments. Yeah, something I really liked about the rainy season is, or was, that it meant the town was going to be empty. You know, so the restaurants would shut down <laughs> sometimes. So fill us in on that. Is there a, a low season anymore, or, or are we just now going? That's what I was going to say. I don't. You know, we might be pretty close to Easter. But I don't think we're going to see a low season like we used to back in the days, like so dramatically. May used to be a big drop. September, October, of course. Mid-November pickup and by Thanksgiving was your launch. That seems very different. May hasn't had consistent drops. Remember after Samana Santa, everything just shut off? Right. Um, it hasn't been like that in recent years. And that's that's encouraging on one hand. It's also discouraging on some hands, too. So what's your take on all this business? We both have businesses. We work our butts off to try to make it here. That's also something people don't realize. They just think, no, sorry, expensive money. It's hard to make it here. Like, yeah, it's hard. I see a hustle every day. I'm looking out my window. I'm like, there's that rich hustling. 
And, you know, you got to work here. You got to work. Um, everything's super pricey compared to everything else. We get we, we have relatives and friends that visit even from the states or expensive places. Uh, I think only New Yorkers kind of find it OK here because stuff is very expensive in New York. They do find rent to be kind of steep here, uh, maybe because of their expectations. Oh, we're going to go to Costa Rica. We're going to pay 500 bucks. We're going to live in the sand, be monkeys and all that stuff. And the place is changing. You know, I'm, let's not get into whether it's for good or bad. Well, that was my question. Do you see it as more good or more bad or both? Or gosh, what's man. your take on all this? Because we don't have personally, a personal anymore. On a very personal basis, uh, when I got here full time, let's say uh, five or six years ago, I thought I found my place, you know, and it felt that way in every way. The kids were at home. Well, they missed, you know, I guess going to Chuck E. Cheese on a Saturday or catching a movie. You know, and they'll throw a fit every now and then. You know, if you don't, if you don't get them the pepperoni pizza, you know, from Basilico, whatever. And then we're like, no, we're gonna go home for dinner. They're like, I hate it here. You know, I I love Chuck E. Cheese. I miss everything about the city. But the truth is, uh, they're having a gay old time here. So am I. So is my wife. I think. Um, it's, I really liked it six years ago. When when we came here and deployed the Araya team um, in in this in this town, it's it's changed. I know if if you talk to some of the old timers, maybe even yourself, you've been around for fifteen years, you'll have all kind of authority to say, "Oh, you don't know nothing," you know, <laughs> "you don't know nothing," you know. We used to live in a shoebox <laughs> under a tree, and. <laughs> And you'd be right. I have all kinds of respect, <laughs> mad respect for people, for the settlers, for, you know, it doesn't give them any authority, you know, to tell well, me certain point, things. Uh, I, I didn't talk about it then too much, but I thought it every day. For the first many years I was here, as soon as I met someone for the first time, it was a qualification based off how long I've been here versus you. And I, again, I'm from Florida. Everyone's from everywhere. Everyone's every color. Like business owners are from every nationality. There's no, there's no, it's very different than it is here. Like here's very, very different in that regard. And um, time here qualified for knowledge uh, with many people and it still does. And I think it doesn't, I think it qualifies for experience. Credibility also. Well, if you've been through a, a, the, a tough May, like, for example, you're coming out of a dry season and it didn't rain for months and months and months, and then all of a sudden it's torrential and bugs are everywhere. All right, you have my respect because that was, that, was, uh, that was unpleasant. You got through it. You still want to be here. You've been through some Septembers and Octobers. We've always had to be here then historically because that's when the school starts. Um, Major flooding, electricity failure. Yeah, so the, so people who, people who have been here a while do have actually I do have a lot of respect and appreciation, but you said it doesn't bring you power authority, and that's interesting because it seemed like it used to, or people wanted that. And after I was here for a while and doing what I do with my activities and my job and just my life and the stuff I'm involved in, I learned a lot more, much more quickly than many of the people who have been here a long time. And to this day, this all happens. Like people come down and are, I get sent questions or people ask me or stop me in the street. 
talk about stuff. We talk about the podcast and everything else. And they're like, well, you know, do, 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 do. And I appreciate listening and hearing the story. But there's this is also the hard part about you. You're an attorney. You get to the facts and the figures and the actual things behind the nuts and bolts, the actual real yeah, stuff. Yeah, I have to. So uh, it's a difference between perception and reality, I think. But I also have an artistic side that's interested in, in all those little things that bring color to life. So I, I have all that. kinds. I have all kinds of respect for these people who came in before me. You know, I respect what they did. Uh, I enjoy my conversations with them so much. I learned so much from them. Um, and many of them, they're just observing and, and probably a little sad about seeing the town change so much. You know, I would be too in that situation. Uh, I would argue to your face and behind your back that you are. Even in your five or six years, you're a little bit sad as of today compared to yesterday per se. And for people who came here and adjusted their entire lives and everything, it's a massive change. Now, that being said, there's also the flip side of it. If you look at every town in the world and this whole planet, the way it works, we're actually doing phenomenally well if we keep our green areas in place. If we yeah. stop or if we don't lose our green areas, this place can remain ultra, ultra special and completely different than the rest of the world. That's that's how I see it. The moment that there's enough space for wide scale development, that's when you lose exactly what everyone is so attracted to here. And I think everyone from development people and real estate people all the way down to the greenest of the green want Nosara to stay and have that feel. Even all the social scientists and all those guys who came through all, all found the same thing. They said you guys all basically agree on the same core concepts. Mm -hmm. It's just when you come to a crossroads, how you guys handle that becomes very polarizing. And that's what you have to deal with as a town. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to police everyone in their actions. Uh, just like it is difficult to, police there was a good everyone. police joke right there. Sorry to interrupt, but there was like three angles. We could have went with a, a well, sarcastic wit, but we're on the podcast. So we'll keep it formal back. Okay. Say well, that again. You know, we can go informal as soon as you like, but, um, man, you know, we can all agree on these things. Um, but then there comes a moment where some people are going to make a choice and some other people are not going to like that choice. Who's to say whether that choice is right or wrong? But I've been in a situation. I guess you guys, you and a judge, <laughs> I guess is the answer. Something like that. You know, I'm not a litigator. So that's not a scenario that I'm familiar with. You know, I'm a, I, I, I'm a transactional, if you may, attorney. All right. So um, your existence in Osara is based off transactions. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a member of a large international office. So there's like work that we do for um international companies or whatever but here in osada i'm mostly about uh certain acquisitions uh corporate work a lot of that uh is what i enjoy the most because you don't have to uh go around poking people's eyes you get to do more productive things as i say you get to build instead of destroying I got you. So you like the assignment of the and the building process as opposed to finding aha kind of thing. Well, I got to tell you, man, um, I had a situation where I've been talking to this guy for some time and he's like, yeah, I know, sorry, it's so green. It's so natural. It's so this and the monkeys and the turtles and all of that stuff. And I'm like, man, I feel really comfortable with this guy because we seem to see things the same way. 
And then he wanted to cut up this property into tiny little portions and put up like these tiny uh, apartments. And he wanted to do commercials and he, he wanted to do a lot of things. So I'm like, hey, dude, so what happened to preserving things? What, what was happened? The, what was the answer? Well, first is like, how am I uh, not preserving anything when when I'm just going to cut it up into uh, like three houses and commercial space? Um, I told him, well, dude, you're kind of increasing the impact. Uh, you will have to take uh, down some trees. You have to consider a leach field. And I listen to Nick McAlpin all the time on this because I feel pretty guilty about having to flush the toilet every time. Doesn't mean I, I, I can stop doing it, but uh, it's our impact is enormous. So I told him, hey, you're going to be consuming more water because you're going to have more people on this property. You're basically going to build like 70 or 80 percent of it. And, and, and he said, well, you know, if you want to preserve something, go preserve a mountain. This is. Uh, well, that's a big is, disconnect from your initial perception to end result. So it's a classic case of actions are louder than words, I guess. Well, that's what he told me. He's like, hey, if you want to preserve something, go preserve a mountain. This is in front of a commercial road. This is what we got to do with this. Well, he's property. got a point on that, too. Obviously, I'm not I'm not judging either. I'm inside the belly of the beast. So I see that stuff all the time. I think where I met on it is I've seen for so many years and knew what was coming down the pipe that everyone's current like, oh, no, it's all over. In my mind, it, it, I saw this coming. This wasn't a surprise. Nothing's a surprise. I'm actually surprised how well we're doing. We tried to get the building regulations enacted. Didn't work out. I thought that might have some big, huge thing. It turned out it didn't have too many horrible things. There's actually not. I mean, I'll just say it. I, I know CNL, they're not tearing down the beach right now and, and, and ruining the place with some hotel type. The rumors that are flying around aren't mm -hmm. accurate. We have plenty of problems and they're real. I think it's more along the lines of what you just said. I flush a toilet. I'm part of this. Once you're here, you got to be part of a solution. Yeah. People are used to amenities and social services and all these things from towns and cities and nations where they're from. It's not like that. If you're here, if you don't want to have fires, you got to be part of the solution or donate to help with that. If you insert that for every subject we have, we don't have government funding on all these things. And I think most people don't know that. The hard part of it being on the real estate side is I'm helping destroy this place. I know that. I completely know that. And in, in fact, most all of us are in, in some manner or form. Now, what can you do about it? You're not going to stop it from growing. Beverly Kitson was one of the first old timers to really say that to me. And it, it really shook me. She's just like, you can't stop development. That's like trying to stop the tide. But you can't do something about it where you can. And mm -hmm. that's why many of the people who started this place helped form it into what it is today. Of course, it's heartbreaking for them to see the construction you just saw driving down this road. At the same time, I knew that stuff was happening years ago. So yeah. it's uh, it's very confusing to be in the belly of a beast in a machine that you also don't want to be in, but I also want to provide for my family. And I'm not doing anything wrong, but I'm also doing everything wrong. Yeah, we got to find the balance as a community. That's where it's at, I think, because we're not going to stop people from building things. You've seen what happened next to um, the Giardino. What's it called now? Um over by a locale the gardens in the gardens yeah you know everyone saw that property how it went from just regular um you know nosara forest to uh dirt 
you know, there's hardly. Oh, you're talking about the one beside the side there. Yeah, the one. Okay, I was gonna say the guards is phenomenal. They've done. Yeah, they've been like the property right behind it. Um, Okay, yeah, yeah, where they just did the cuts. Yep, and we all we all see it happen. And 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 someone wrote on that mesh they have outside, "Don't cut any trees." Gosh, man, I wish, I wish no trees had to be cut to achieve whatever they're going to achieve on that property. You know, you know, respectful to whoever the owner is and whatever he's planning on doing, you know, we can't police people. I mean, people have the same rights you and I do. That is the problem. It should be the solution also. Talk me through that. It's nice to hear that side of the equation. Well, How know, do we solve it? We have, we have rights um, thanks to the law. That means the law is also the solution to that. Um, so I think in time, we're going to have to have these regulations in place um, or a real zoning plan. I think that needs to come sooner or later. See, I earned my stripes in this kind of stuff working in Hockle. And you know Hockle. That place, I call it uh, Ghetto by the Sea. I hope nobody over there watches this thing. Hey, people who just, just I don't want to lose this point. For people who might not be familiar and understand, who are just familiar with Nosara, talk uh-huh. about the difference between Hako and Nosara as you see it today. Okay, well, Hako is in the Central Pacific. It's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes from from San Jose nowadays um, through 27. But back in the days, you have to drive through Atenas, so maybe it was a two and a half to a three-hour drive. Once we left San Jose on a New Year's Eve, at 11.30, and I swear we made it to Hako by midnight. But um, it was a long time ago. Yeah. And it was, you know, very fast drive or whatever. But it is one of the closest beaches to the city. So they get a lot of visitors. Okay. So how did it develop over the years compared to here? Well, it was an attractive uh, market because of the proximity. You know, th- that is a completely different market. You know, uh, the people who are here, all of us, the settlers, uh, the people that are coming in now, they're different. You know, they're different people. They like, well, back in the day, I think it was more evident, but the seclusion, the privacy, the nature, even the challenge of the or the adventure of getting here before the bridges in the south were built or before the road from Nicoya was even put in um, or paved. You know, when they had that white stuff that people were driving off on, um, it's a different kind of tourism. The tourism in Hako, they just basically want to see Florida. You know, they want to see the buildings. They want to see the restaurants. They want to see the lights, the loud. They want to go fishing in the morning. Then they want to go party all night in the evening. Uh, they want to have plenty of options to have dinner. They like the entertainment, the live music. Uh, and, of course, there's, there's a big sex industry out there. You cannot cover it with a finger. It's a part of it. And it's part of the attraction in Hako. I mean, I, there, there are companies doing bachelor's party there. Uh, the bachelor party uh, business is very lucrative there. We're talking thousands of dollars in cash that are being paid to people who do this. You know, companies, organized companies, outfits that do this. Okay, so Hako, it's a, it's a totally different beast. You know, they, they, they've had 
freaking 13 story buildings they've had them for 15 years all right that's more what i'm that's more what i'd like to hear from you how did the two towns develop differently one has the answer one has green areas that interrupt the community there's no room for widespread development the other has streets and avenues and then the commercial gobbled up the beachfront then went tall we're not tall they are it was much easier for them to evolve upwards and outwards we are more like there's a little little street here of a town there's a little town over here little town over here like was interrupted by trees so what keeps us from turning into them i think a big thing is the 200 meters of a refuge god bless uh if it weren't for that they would have torn down every tree and there would be restaurants because people want to get their feetsies in the sand when they're chugging margaritas you know they want to see the beach and be on the beach and yeah. i i appreciated that history you gave us in hako my perception moving from the States and, and Florida to come here is a little different. I see it as the surfing connection because that's what brought me to Costa Rica. So once the consistency of the wave of Hako and then mm-hmm. Hermosa was discovered, right. that's that was the first trip I made here. Right. There's um, surfing there. There is some surfing. So it was, it was for surfing. Then after being there a minute, it was like, wait a second, I'm down in this beautiful country. What's going on here? Um, well, let me check some of these other areas out. And that's when you stumble across a gem like Nosara. In reality, not that many people made it here. It was hard to get to. It was always expensive. We didn't have that many restaurants, and the town really didn't make any sense. And it's also not a good way for if you were looking for a harder type surf, this isn't a good spot to come. This is a good spot to come if you want a longboard or if you just mm-hmm. want a consistent wave yeah. that breaks it every tide. And coming from Florida, you have three days to get away. The hard part is just once you get to Nosar, it's fantastic. It's getting in and out. But now that's being alleviated with access. The airport, the roads are improving, which is hilarious to say out loud the roads are improving. But they are. Um, and the big curveball to me, Carlos, and I didn't expect this. I never thought Nosar would go mainstream. I never thought it would be popular. What the heck's going on with that? Because that's not anything we ever expected. And we take surf photos every day, but that's a limited demographic of surfers. It's not so much surfers coming in. The lineup's actually not that much more crowded today than it was last year or the year before. Most of the people live here who are in the lineup, too. It's the non-surfers. It's the people who are going out at night. It's the people. It's, re- it's really confusing me. I never expected it. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think we're starting to see a different crowd altogether come why out here. That, why is that? What's Maybe happening? they're also looking for that thing that you were looking for. You know, just a tiny bit of isolation, just enough isolation for them to enjoy themselves and maybe go back to, oh, we're seeing people from Kansas now, Wisconsin. Yes. You know, before it was like New York. New York, Florida, California, a little bit of Canada, a little bit of Europe, and Floridians and Canadians. No, no. Californians, Floridians, little little pockets of Carolinas. Colorado. But Colorado started picking up, but now it's Minnesota, Texas, all all types of inner areas, Toronto, you know, holy cow, all of Toronto's here. Yeah, I grew up I grew up in Nebraska, so I'm used to seeing that kind of people. Not wrong with it. You know, it's just different kind of people. They walk into the gas station, they want to walk out with 64 ounces of Mountain Dew. You know, and they'll chug that and they'll refill it. Um, and out here, you know, they're, it's a little odd for them. You know, that yeah. maybe they cannot get the big Slurpee. It is odd. But that you mentioned that earlier, that was a change for your family, and it's a good kind of change. Mine too, right? It was good not having the same bells and whistles 
and we're starting to get them now that we've been here and it's starting to happen. We're getting alarmed by it. It's just still so interesting to me that most people coming in still say, look at this charming little town. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. It's so small and quaint. What an amazing, majestic thing. Look, I saw a monkey on the trip. Whereas the neighbor who's been there the whole time has been like, we used to have monkeys here every day, all the time, everywhere. That place didn't used to be there. That used to be there. Traffic didn't used to be there. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at it from paradise is lost. So in my day, I guess what I'm saying is each person I talk to could be like here on positivity or negativity. It's, yeah, yeah. We're all over the place here. And it's interesting to watch it from inside the beast and also from the outside of it. And I'm guessing that's interesting for you, too. And you're also living it as well. Well, Nosara did a lot more for us than just get us away from all that. Uh, and now I feel it when I get to the city, when I go to San Jose. And it's very dramatic when I have to go to the States. You know, I have to travel a lot for work, meetings and things like that. And sometimes I, I get to the States and, well, it's pretty extreme in a place like Vegas or New York. But you're starting to see it in smaller towns. Um, I like smaller towns a lot more. And you are basically invaded by brands and companies and corporations to the point where you can't even go to the pisser anymore there's condom publicity here viagra publicity there and you're just trying to take a piss then you go to wash your hands and there's another sticker you know vote for this guy or i was gonna say heaven heaven forbid you go in during an election year that gosh man they're invading you all the time so at the end of the day you know about six years ago we're thinking uh, me and my wife, I mean, we cannot let our kids just be invaded all the time by these freaking people who want you to buy their stuff. You know, we want them to be able to develop their own opinion about their own needs before they even go and consume shit from other people. I got you. So the appeal that you were mentioning of this place is it still just far enough away to give people a break and feel a little bit liberated and back into nature. Uh, in the specific case of our family, you know, we're living in the city. Um Lucy was, was, you know, she was three or four at the time. My daughter, Monkey, was just born. He was just a few months when we made this call. And, you know, I was putting in long hours at the office. I was driving an hour and a half to get there in the morning. I would eat lunch, you know, at the office or a restaurant nearby. I would drive back an hour and a half at night in traffic. You know, if you want to do something productive in traffic, what's what can you do? Listen to some co- podcasts. Well, that's and, also new. That wasn't that wasn't around too much back in the day. Yeah. Well, you know, I I listen to my stuff from the '90s, and my wife is like, "That's the oldies." Um, so I guess it's the oldies now. But I'm listening to news. I'm trying to be productive with my time there. Now, what happens is that's on a weekday. You get home at about 9.30 if you're early and you peek in your kids' rooms and they're asleep, you know, and you didn't see them all day. You drove them to school. That's about as much time you got with them. That's on a weekday. On a Saturday, you want to get up early. You got to run all kinds of errands that you did not get to run during the week because living in that kind of stuff creates its own overhead you know oh i gotta i gotta wash my car i gotta go get the oil change i gotta go get a haircut i gotta go you you gotta go you gotta go you gotta go 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 all the time so on saturdays you're going also and then on sundays you have time for whatever hobbies you may have that you also have to rush to and from archers 
Yeah. Well, in, in, in our case, my wife and myself, we were rugby players. You know, so Sundays we go to the rugby matches or tournaments. And then afterwards we, we get together with the teammates and then we go back home and get ready for the next day. There's not it seems like to make it uh, efficient or to be efficient, we needed to split up in teams. All right. You go with these. You, you go with the kid and you go do this. In the meantime, I, so to come here gave us an opportunity to become a family, you know, to really spend time with each other. You know, to be there for each other. You know, before, kid would get sick, I'm in the office, or maybe I'm traveling, I'm like, take him to the doctor and see what's the problem. You know, and now we're together, we're dealing with things together. We dealt with the flooding a few years ago, we got locked in, we try to get out the Marbella way, and we ended up three days in there, uh, two days with no electricity. The last day... Um, before we attempted to drive out, we had a Snickers bar for dinner that we shared because like the food that was in the fridge was already bad. The toilets were backed up and it was kind of a difficult situation. And we ended up driving out that day. The entire country was collapsed. And this is what, three years ago with that hurricane. And, but we did this together, you know? So yes, we've been a family, you know, typical definition, um, but out here in Osara, we became. Is this safe to say, despite all the changes in the growth and the the bad stuff, let's call it that, you're glad you made the decision, your family's closer, and life is better, and Osara still has its appeal for you? Um, y- yeah. Is yeah, the luster I mean, starting to fade a bit, though? We're We're adapting. Um, I guess we are also familiar with what's coming, um, and it's what we were trying to get away from a bit. Um, it is it is sad for us, for me especially, because like I said, when I got here, I found weirdos. I found super smart people. I found the rich types that are accessible. Um, I found a lot of surfers that I shared a lot of things with. Tons of variety. Yeah, but I also found that within surfers, there were also categories, which is something I'd never uh, knew before. You know, surfers to me were surfers, man. You know, I own a board is what I say when someone asks me if if I surf. And now I own another one. So I'll get out there and paddle every now and then. But I don't consider myself a, a, a diehard surfer. But I've noticed we got some preppy guys. You know, they like to look pretty out there and, you know, always sporting brand new things, you know. And you have the more hardcore guys who don't give a shit. And they're out there in the old boards and they're shredding and they're doing it. There's tribes within the tribe of surfers. Uh, we also have the old timers out here. You have the young kids coming in. You have the yoga crowd. You have the Pachamamas. You have in in living in San Jose, I remember people would say, oh, you know, um, I, I went to Nosara and, uh, and they would always look dusty, you know, when they first came in. Hey, man, where you come from? Oh, I, I was just, I was in Nosara. I just got in and they look dusty, you know, and of course the Pachamamas are part of this, but every now, every now and then I think this process is pushing out some of these little groups that made Nosara such a rich place. You know, the artists, the weirdos, the this, the that, all that variety is is being pushed out 
and the mainstream is getting settled. And that was also part of the charm of, of the town. That it's truly going to be missed as, as we become normalized. I compare it to like the tube of toothpaste getting squeezed. It's, I've, I feel, of course, I have no idea. This is just my guesstimate. I feel like the past 10 or 12 years and the next 10 or 12, I think that was what I see as like the sweet spot, like the the really best in Osara. That, that's what I think. I, I think actually listening to like Alice and Beverly and a lot of these people, whenever, whenever I talk with them and they've been on the podcast, their answers catch me off guard because I expected it to be like, oh, it's all gone. It's all gone. There's actually not that many uh, of the old timers who say it's all gone. Mm-hmm. A lot of them say, I like that there's a doctor's office. I, I like, I like that there's some things I can get to. I, I like being able to move around a little bit more. And that, that helped me see like the good side. Cause when I moved down here, this, it was hard to make a living here. I didn't move down here to get rich. I moved down here to surf and raise my kids and literally mm-hmm. surf every day. That's I'm from Florida. I don't know why I like surfing so much, but I do. And there's no waves there for big fat guys like me. <laughs> <laughs> this place has that. So I was willing to fight tooth and nail to make it. The hard part has been how expensive and how competitive and how difficult it's, it is to actually make it here. Cause I, I didn't move here with money. People just say, Oh, you're from Florida. You're white. You must have had a bunch of money. I was poorer than most of my Tico friends, literally with a family and nothing. I sold everything just to get here. That's a pretty common misconception. So that part, that gets a little old sometimes. So I still get approached and people who don't know me or maybe people say that type of stuff. Oh, you just work there. You're this. Oh, I see you. I know you are. You're on this podcast. You know how much money this podcast makes me? Negative tens of thousands of dollars. Who even knows how much money? But it's my form of service instead of being on boards like I used to be. Mm-hmm. I want information to flow. The social scientists all said the number one problem with this town is you guys don't communicate properly, like at all. Like we don't. We lock up. It's very... It's an amazing town, but we're always in our camps. Oh, that's your attorney? Well, I'm going with that attorney. I'm going to hang out with his kind of thing. Like that Dude. that type of stuff, that needs to go away in my opinion. So that's part of this podcast. I just wanted to get it flowing. You know what a problem is? That it takes a freaking scientist to come out and say it for people to believe it. That's kind of depressing. You know how much money that cost? How much time went into getting all these doctorate level people to come down and say the same thing? And, and for they- what? To tell, tell us shit we already knew and that we need to act upon. We already know there is a communication uh, break here. You know, we already know there's some weird segregation going on that I'd like to personally get involved in trying to bridge that gap. You know, that's a whole different show, man. Well, let's hit on some of that. Businesses right now have a unique opportunity to help their community, but also a lot of the businesses get opinionated. Oh, that one's this or this one's that. So that's not good. We don't have any type of chamber of commerce. We don't have any type of board of realtors. We don't have any type of several of these things that actually were, and this isn't the fact that you're embracing the bad. The reality is there's tons of businesses here. And if we had a chamber of commerce, the town could be better. And it's not that they're going to go away. So this is my beef with basically the entire populace who's bitching somewhere online, typing the same old tired comments to just Mm -hmm. the people who listen to them. This message is for them. The business is already here. The stuff's already happening. 
you may as well do the best that you can with it. So you mentioned the Chamber of Commerce. I'd like to hit on that before we wind up because mm-hmm. they're already here. They're not going anywhere, man. I'm repeating myself. Like it's, it's, it's something that the town doesn't seem to embrace. There's like, oh, no, screw that. Oh, I'm not going to be a part of that. Oh, this, there's just too many businesses anyway. That's not my point. It's like I'm pointing at the moon and people are kind of looking at, at, my, at my finger when I talk about your idea that you mentioned about the Chamber. Fill us in. Is that going to happen or is there just too much resentment and too many egos in the way or like what's the deal? Well, this is the thing, man. Um, The growth in business is a sign of growth in population, you know, and maybe socioeconomic development, that kind of stuff. But if there are more restaurants is because there are more people looking to eat somewhere. You know, there's not going to be an empty restaurant just opening every day, every year. You know, without any people going to it. Well, why is the Chamber of Commerce a bad thing? And then why can't we get one going? Because it seems like, and again, I'm from Florida in a tourist area mm-hmm. where the Chamber of Commerce is, it's not looked at as this ego-based thing in many places. It unites people who otherwise wouldn't unite and they still have a uniform direction as far mm-hmm. as their community and it does great things. Well, Chamber of Commerce is not a bad thing, man. During the uh, during the peak of the um, COVID situation, a few of us business owners, we started talking about it. We actually incorporated one. And, you know, uh, Robbie, um, uh, Lily, uh, Alex from Mario Masters, you know, a few of us were talking like, geez, what are we going to do? Because when the community is in trouble, they go to the businesses. You know, if you want to save the monkeys, you go to the businesses. If you want to save the turtles, you go, you go to the businesses. If the um, everything. If the advice needs something, you go to the businesses. So it's like when you're a kid, you go to your parents for everything. You know, who do your parents go to? Now that we're parents, now that we're 40 or something, of course, you're 37, something. <laughs> I'm 46. So who do the grownups go to? You know, who did my parents go to when, when they had issues? You know, my grandma and my grandpa being dead. So that's the same thing here. Where do the businesses go for support when there's, you know, when there's adversity? No, we got to go to each other. We, ne- we need to help each other because we can't go look at the town or the population or the turtles for help. You know, they come to us for help. You know, so we need to support each other is what I think. And that was the whole idea. Behind Are you guys going to keep going with it? Is that something that's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what happens is. Um, we needed what, what we discussed is we need to make a statement first to the community of, of the intentions behind the Chamber of Commerce, which is to um, maybe uh, consolidate all of this power, you know, all of this um, energy just concentrated and aim it at solving problems uh, effectively, you know, because we're all like trying to do our little things here and there. And, and cause an impact, a positive impact in the community. And we're all trying to do something. But, you know, it's like little ants doing something. If you grab the whole ant farm and aim it at something, it's like a laser. Okay? So it's it would be more powerful, more effective, more meaningful. And, of course, we would be able to really solve problems and help each other. So there's more to come on that. That's going to happen. Yes, yes, yes. You you know, there's plenty of opportunity in this town. We just have not looked or have not found or maybe it came up this week. You know, I'm trying to talk to Lily uh, about this whole situation with the bus. You know, there's there's a flip side to it. And there's 
there's things that need to be balanced. And also, uh, we need to study these things thoroughly to see how we can be of help without assuming the entire uh, responsibility that also belongs to the people. I mean, come on. Another thing, another similarity with your parents. Yes, they will help you and they will go all the way for you. But you better damn pull your own weight on this one. Okay? So it's not about just solving people's problems. It's about becoming a part of solutions in a more effective way. And, of course, we help each other. There are forums also where a unified type of presence has great effect. For example, if we go, each one of us, to the municipality asking questions and whatnot, they're like, oh, gosh, here's another business from Nasada trying to change the world. And they'll just stamp it, get in line. But if we showed up in numbers, if we had the presence, and I remember it uh, many years ago when we launched a little initiative with with neighbors to get the municipality of Santa Cruz to start looking at some of the roads. And they, they kind of did. But I mean, when the neighbors were going to the municipality and we're talking right across the bridge, you know, and I was driving from Guiones to Marbella every day for work and I was crossing these these uh, uh, rivers and I was my car was at the shop every four months for brakes and suspension. And it would take me an hour and a half to get there because I was driving so slow. And for these people to go to the municipality one by one, you know, the, the municipality just will just discard it. You know, I got you. That all makes sense. I, I want to explore this more with you in, in the coming months. Maybe that's our next update. Maybe we if you guys get some more formalization or questions or ideas or you want to get out the community, hit me up because yeah. I wouldn't mind doing if, an episode. If I could that. use this right now to like invite any businesses to like hit me up and and see if they could become a part of this. Other we attorneys can start too, talking to anybody. Each other. Anybody, we can start talking to, to each other and we can become organized and then we can start promoting certain things. Uh, see, the health of the community is the health of the businesses. A community that is... Um, the sick with problems it's it, it's also a problem for the business yeah, transportation just all, all of it you're this is a, this is interesting i do want to dig into this more because this is this is real mm-hmm. i've taken up enough of your time today and i really appreciate it here no i got all day rich <laughs> yeah i know better than that <laughs> thank you so much for coming in you shared a lot of ideas today and that was really cool i appreciate it thank you thank you man <laughs>